Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to TLS Voices. I'm Roz Deneen and I'm delighted to be joined today by the TLS Classics editor, Mary Beard. Mary is Professor of Classics at the University of Cambridge, a Fellow of Newnham College and Royal Academy of Arts Professor of Ancient Literature. She is known for her wonderful, enjoyable and scholarly books, most recently SPQR, A History of Ancient Rome. Also for her media appearances, whether it be walking us through life and death in Pompeii or dealing elegantly with question time. But we're here today to talk about Adon's Life, your wickedly subversive and incredibly popular blog, which has just reached its 10th anniversary and which, I can tell you, has had 7.6 million page views over 10 years and 38,000 comments. Mary, can you tell us a little bit, first of all, about how the blog came about? It came about, from my point of view, pretty much by accident. And the, the TLS was being very avant-garde 10 years ago and realising that you know online communication was where it was at. And the editor said, would I do a blog? Now, I have to confess, I didn't actually know what a blog was then, or at least I'd never read one. And in fact, we rather charmingly at the TLS and on the Times used to call them weblogs still. And I was, I guess, rather suspicious of the whole medium when I found out what it was. I mean, I thought this was journalism dumbing down. And I also thought it would be a little fad, which would probably be dead in six months anyway. So I'd take it on and see. But I quickly changed my mind. (laughs) And, you know, I suppose uh, I, I found that far from dumbing down, you could use online communication really to speak about things that you couldn't do in standard press format. And I remember once um, writing a blog which referred to the Emperor Augustus's autobiography. Now, if I'd written an article in you know, however highbrow magazine, I could... I could never have just referred to that because no one knew what it would know what it was. Whereas 
on a blog, you know, you could do a link. You can say here, you know, click here and you'll find it. And so I found it was a wonderful way, actually, um, not only of me sounding off, which is I'm sure what some people think I do, but of, of incorporating people into what you're doing and giving them the tools to access all the things that you're thinking about. So it didn't turn out to be dumbing down at all. And how do you strike that balance between the personal issues that you touch in the blog? There's family holidays, Christmas tree decorations. I remember in particular a post about getting points for speeding on the driving licence and the big international questions that you grapple with. How do you decide what to write about and how do you set the perspective? To be honest, I don't really sit down and decide. And I think there is something about a blog which in a way is improved, it's made more kind of immediate and more urgent, if it is actually what is on your mind. And I I think that the blog subjects are really pretty fair representation of the changing things that were on my mind. You know, sometimes I'm spending the evening, because I do quite often write them late at night. Sometimes I'm spending the evening thinking most of all about portraits of Julius Caesar. And other times, yes, I'm worried about that speeding ticket or what Iceland's like for a holiday. Uh, So I think it's uh, what you see, for better or for worse, is what's going on in my head. The blog entries have been collected into two books now. That's very unusual for online content. How did that come about? I think that it was... It was really very simple that some people said that it would be nice actually to have some of the best posts. And, you know, to be honest, not all the posts are in there. They've been quite carefully selected. It would be nice to have some of the best posts in a different format. And I think that's what's quite interesting about the medium is that you can explore the blogs online in all kinds of places. But actually... Not many people, I suppose that's changing with iPads and stuff, but not many people take their laptops or their mobile phones to read in the loo. Uh, and they don't, they still like actually to, to read a book in bed, you know, a real paper book. And so there was something that was quite nice about putting the blogs into a different location where people still really uh, wanted to read good old-fashioned print. And and also it's in some ways, I think, nice seeing them together in book form. I mean, people talk a lot now about how people read differently online, how the experience of browsing, of flipping, of turning from one thing to, to another is different online from in print. And I think that a lot of people got quite a lot of fun even when they'd read some of the blogs online, in reading them in a a different way. So I I was happy to give it a go. And it was also very nice to include in the book some of the comments that had been put on on the blogs because, you know, there is a, a tendency to think, and I've been victim of this myself, there's a tendency to think that underlying comments anywhere in the internet are liable to be absolutely horrible, and certainly some of them are, But for reasons that I still don't quite understand, my blog attracted very generous and loyal, frank but courteous group of commentators from, you know, people who would perfectly happily tell me that I was 
writing a load of, of tosh, but sometimes they do that in Latin poetry or in limericks um, or in, other, in all kinds of other forms, um, which were not just, uh, you know, you shut up, you silly old woman, um, which is what you find in quite a lot of places. So I thought it was very nice to be able to celebrate the community that we'd built up and we actually when the um, books came out we had um, a couple of little parties and we met you know me and the commenters met and again it made that a strange transition from being you know, virtual communication to our face-to-face and I have a terrible I have a terrible soft spot for all of them <laughs> even if you're listening to this truth lord <laughs> Do you think about how they might respond as you write? I, I sometimes think about how they they might respond, but they still surprise me. <laughs> and I'm always surprised at the form and the rhetoric that they choose to, to respond in. And also, there's a very interesting distinction between a group of very regular commenters who are, who are likely to comment on, on most posts. And then occasional visitors, um, people who I never realised read the blog and often come down with really exciting and and relevant pieces of information. I mean, I, I do sometimes use the blog for expressing my difficulties. You know, I'm looking at this series of ceramics with Roman emperors on them and I, I can only find, I know there's a, I know there's a series of 12, but I can only find six. What, what's always amazed me is that when I do that, almost always somebody will come in and say, gosh, someone I've never heard of, never commented before, saying, I know where another one is. It's in my local museum in wherever. So there's a, a, a nice, there's a surprise element as well as what is now a rather well-established, comfortable, courteous, no hard-hitting sometimes, group of regulars. Many blog entries have made their way into the national press, particularly around the issue of trolling and most recently your post about the statue of Cecil Rhodes above Oriel College. Recently, you had cause for complaint over how the press used that blog in particular, a blog you said is a bulletin about thoughts and works in progress. Do you think that's well understood? I, I mean, I don't really, but it's, it's hard to know how far you can complain. I mean, at, at one level, if you put something out in your blog... It is in the public domain. It is like publishing it. And you can't say, um, "Here, here's me, here's what I think. Oh, but by the way, don't pass it on or, or don't take it for your report. What I think irritates me is not so much the, the, the use of it itself, but the way sometimes desperate journalists will kind of conceal where these words come from. And so it'll make it look either as if I've been interviewed or if I've somehow come out and made a big position statement about you know, bus lanes in Cambridge or Cecil Rhodes or whatever. And, and you know, then there will be a headline, you know, Professor Rapp's bus lane, um, when in fact that's somehow misrepresenting the genre out of which it comes. Because I think that what is the fun about a blog, it's not that it's utterly inconsidered. You're not simply banging down on the laptop, you know, something that you shouldn't when you probably had you know, perhaps one more glass of Pinot Grigio than you should. It's not 
utterly unthought out, but it is, as I said, work in progress. It's it's what I think now at this minute, and I think the readers of it are online understand perfectly well that that's the case. When it then turns up in print, it's another of those nice differences about how how different media uh, make things sound and different, give them a different authority. So I do get. And so if somebody reports it and says, in her blog, late on Friday night, Mary Beard wrote, I feel quite happy with that. Uh, but the idea that that I was you know, trying to share with the world my final views on this topic, that ain't true. And what about Twitter? Does that compound it and make it worse? Twitter makes it, it worse because it, um, it because everything gets crudified into 140 characters, and that you can think of as a, a blog in a way as as yeah, a rather brief medium usually. But if you want to go on for 2,000 words, you can, and no one's stopping you. And the, the the links, in a sense, give the blog a thickness that you very rarely get. I've lost out on Twitter. I've also gained hugely and and I I do tend to to tweet when I do blogs on particular topics because it draws it draws that blog um, to the attention of people who might not otherwise see it but if I had to give up one thing you know I'm going to give up blogs or give up tweeting I'd give up tweeting. Do you have any favourite posts or any that you wish you could withdraw? (laughs) Um, I, I don't think that there are any that I wish I could withdraw, partly because I have come to see them very much in that that sense of their occasional works uh, in progress. And you know, I'm sure there are some things I look back I don't agree with any longer. But that was always that was always the deal. This is what you're thinking now. Your favourite blog posts, you know, change with one's mood. But over the last couple of years while I've been writing as PQR, there are a group of favourite posts that, as it were, came upon me a bit unexpectedly. Because when I was writing the book, and really all I was thinking about was writing, that was what my head was full of, I would sometimes get to the evening and I'd think, what on earth am I going to blog about? Because all I've been thinking about is writing this book. You know, there, isn't, there isn't anything else in my head. And so I decided to... Uh, start from time to time at least uh, writing blogs about exactly how that went you know how many words I'd written how I'd not met my target where I was finding a problem why chapter four wouldn't work or whatever and I thought to start with that this was a perhaps was a bit self-indulgent but it it turned out that a lot of people were absolutely fascinated and simply by seeing that process of writing, you know, what does it feel if you're writing a big book and you're stuck and you're explaining to people at night why you got stuck? That's actually taking people right into uh, or as close as they can ever get to the process of, of writing. And I now see as I look back at that series of posts, and you know, I, I see them there as partly my memory of you know, the difficulties, the little triumphs, you know, when you finished a chapter, how good you felt, uh, you know, how many hours a day you, you spent at it. And I think that often academics and writers in general are, are very bad, really, about sharing actually what it is like to sit down and write a book with other people. It becomes a very solitary process. So it's, in a way, I feel now proud to have kind of 
put a bit of that out into the public domain. So you have no plans of wrapping up anytime soon? It now seems to me that I'm very, I'm very identified, and I sort of identify myself with the blog. So, you know, you know it's, it's true that occasionally I think, God, I have just spent three hours this week just writing two blogs. Was that a good use of time? Uh, and yet, if, if I didn't have the blog now, I'd feel a bit diminished. I'd also miss what has become um, the companionship of it. Uh, and so, you know, of course, there are some disadvantages, you know, you know, not least by having it quoted or misquoted and the time it takes. But overall, I can't now much imagine life without it. I think I might get rid of the of the little heading, a wickedly subversive commentator. But the trouble is, once you've had the heading, wickedly subversive commentator, for 10 years, you think, what on earth is it saying about me? Now to say, no, I'm not. I'm ceased to be wickedly subversive. So although, because I never invented that heading, although I could quite happily live without it, I think taking the decision to put wickedly subversive into the online waste paper basket would be very difficult to do. Here's to another 10 years of a Don's life. Mary Beard, thank you very much for joining us. In this week's TLS, read about Michel Foucault's finest book, Ways to Write About Lives, Berlusconi in his own words, and Richard III, along with other bad kings. To find out more about the TLS and to read a free selection of pieces from this week's issue, go to our website, www.the-tls.co.uk. You can read the TLS in full every week in print or via our app, which is available on iTunes and in the Amazon App Store. The TLS, life in every word. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.